Welcome to episode 71 of the Anime Arcade Podcast. My name is Logan, and this week I am joined by Carlos. What's up, everyone? And no Jeff, because he's getting married. Congratulations again. We do mention that in the episode. This is our... (laughs) Summer 2018 first impressions, halfway yeah. reviews. <laughs> we, uh, we tried. <laughs> we tried. It's so hard. It's, you know, when you don't do podcasting full time, when you have a day job, it's it's so hard to. I mean, I feel like we, we've we've done quite a few, like week to week to week to week. This is the first time we've taken, you know, our standard two weeks to make a podcast. So, yeah, we probably could have done it a little sooner, but uh we got our ideas out there, and uh, if you haven't started the anime season yet, I mean, we give you a couple things to think about. Yeah, there's plenty of good shows out there to watch for sure. Mm. Um, but I think we'll let you form your own opinions of our opinions. So without <laughs> further ado, please enjoy. Oh no, the music's taking us away. you finally got your first years in uh grand blue fantasy oh yeah and gbf yeah i you know what that's one thing i can say for that game like it's super i don't want to say it's it's not very noob friendly at all uh-huh. like it's like learning the game's kind of a pain uh you you know it's a lot of reading which <laughs> i mean it's fine but it's it's like a lot a lot of reading but one thing i can say is it was it was refreshing that Going into the Grand Blue Fantasy Love Live crossover event, it was just like, all right, you want the girls? You don't have, you know, you don't have to do this gotcha thing, but you do have to grind for it. And at first I was like, ah, crap, that's, you know, that sucks too, you know, because essentially it's just RNG for drops, you know, of these materials. It's instead of fake go at that point. But what do you call it? Steven pointed out to me that all you have to do is jump into a raid. Okay. Where multiple players are fighting this big boss monster, and you just fight, go, jump into the, the hardest one. You attack once, and you let the high level guys <laughs> get out. And it's like, at first, I was thinking, I, oh, I'm such a dead from it. Yeah. But these guys are such high leveled, and they killed this mob, like this raid monster, so quickly that it was like it was everything I could to do to get one attack in. <laughs> and then I, you get the one attack, and it's like, oh, here are all these rare, you know, mats that you need. So yeah. Like I was able to get the first and third years pretty nice. quickly. What about the second years? Uh, second years you get for completing the first story gotcha. mission. Gotcha. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. If if uh, those of you out there are interested in Grand Blue Fantasy and you love Love Live, then uh, it's, ne- it's never been a better time because you can play this event from level one, um, and you don't need like great heroes or whatever and. All that stuff. You just need to play the yeah, event. I think I have blue stacks installed on my computer. I should take a look at that game. Yeah. Oh, you don't even need blue stacks. No. 
Um, no, the game is playable uh, via your computer uh, through like a web browser okay. or or uh, on your phone, which the app for Grand Blue Fantasy acts just like the web browser game. Mm. And if you have a, if you can find your way to navigating through the Japanese site to make yourself an account, I can't remember what the the site's called. Uh, you can you can use them interchangeably. You can play on your phone or on the computer. I think I would have to uh, make a Japanese iTunes account to uh, be able to do that on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. No, because I don't think the game nope. is. I, I would, I would say the, oh, uh, Quo app. Just use Quo app. Uh, is it, that it available on iOS? It's available anywhere because you don't technically download it from your app store. You download it from online. Huh. And the, what Quoap does is it it downloads. This is like a little tutorial for you guys out there too. Uh, it downloads the APK file from Japan, so you can play Japanese games. So you don't have to keep making like JP accounts for stuff, hmm. um, which is super annoying. Uh, yeah, Quoap is is what I use for like whenever I want to play uh, a Japanese game that just came out. Um, Maybe I can it's pretty handy. get Conclay on my phone. Or does it not work like that? Uh, no, <laughs> because it's still for Android. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if like GBF might just be for Android, but I'm pretty sure it's both. Um, I'll look into that after we're done. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, Grand Blue Fantasy. Uh, you can play it in English. It's one of the few Japanese games that has a translation button, and the translation is pretty good. But uh, we're not here to talk about mobile games, uh, much as we'd love to lament (laughs) (laughs) or celebrate. Mostly lament, lament. but sometimes celebrate. Let's not talk about mobile games right now, I think. Uh, But uh, we are exceedingly late due to to, uh, uh, scheduling conflicts um, with our first impressions. Yeah. it's more like a mid-season impression <laughs> yeah. at this point. Yeah, it's still our first impressions for our viewing, our listening audience. I guess they're not viewing. Listening. Yeah, hopefully they're not viewing. I would like to know how they're viewing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, where are the cameras? Th- anyway. We should also mention that we are uh, sans Jeff this week due to him getting married this weekend. So, Yay. huge props Congratulations. Yeah. Um, so understandably he's uh, a little bit busy with that congrats to jeff and mrs jeff <laughs> mrs. oh no jeff. we've said her name on the podcast tammy, tammy. yeah and that's right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone has their own tammy. tammy i was listening to that podcast recently yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was listening to that podcast uh a few days ago and laughing mm-hmm. remembering uh yeah. God, it's so weird to hear my own voice. <laughs> um, so that does mean that the shows that he is watching, we are not going to be able to uh, talk about because, unfortunately, we are not watching the shows that he is watching, uh, which is um, Angels of Death, yeah. um, Free Season 3, and then I can't remember what his third show was. Yeah, I was thinking of oh, I I'm actually oh, watching a third show, so I will yeah, I will be covering Angle Boys. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll get one then, one of his three. Yeah, we will get one. <laughs> uh, but why don't I go ahead and kick us off and get right into it 
with uh, the first show that we're going to talk about, which is a short and which was my final draft pick. And that is Encouragement of Climb season three, I believe. Hmm. Um, so just uh, if you haven't seen the first two seasons, this is a uh, well, now it's a 12 minute short. I think the first season was eight, six to eight minutes, something like that. And it's about uh, this one girl, Owie, who uh, gets reconnected with a childhood friend um, named uh, Hinata. And uh, Hinata's really into just hiking and climbing and mountain climbing and stuff like that. Um, And so they kind of just start climbing mountains together, Um, (laughs) which sounds very daunting, but it's it's very... uh, there's a progression to things as with anything that you undertake. Um, so they start with like local hills and uh, local, you know, small mountains and then slowly work their way towards the bigger ones like Fuji. And I forget the other big mountains in Japan, but it's uh, it's just a very chill kind of, you know, laid back show about these uh, middle school girls going on various hiking trips. Um, so season three just continues that there was kind of a, a big event in season two, which they kind of, uh, hearken to at the start of the third season. They kind of build off of that and, uh, it kind of def- defines the, I guess, goals of Owie, our main character, um, as she kind of works her way towards hiking Mount Fuji. So... I would say that if you like shows like Laid Back Camp, uh, that's exactly um, what I was going to yeah. ask. If you like, I'm like, <laughs> it's just super chill in that way. I wouldn't say it's not as comfy as Laid Back Camp was, but it's definitely that cute, uh, outdoorsy feeling that is uh, absolutely worth a watch. And it's only 12 minutes. You can watch the first season in like two hours and watch the second season and you know a couple more and then you're all well you said up. the the first season was like six minutes per episode right um, let me check i believe that's the case um oh, oh that's the God. case that's pretty cool three minutes per episode in the first season oh that's awesome then. that you know means that it got you know it had some hype behind it and people seemed to like it well mm-hmm. enough that it it got bumped up um in time oh, yeah so, so yeah yeah i went up to 13 minutes in the second season and then I believe it is the same for the season that we are currently in, in the third season. So yeah, 13 minute episodes. Oh, no, 15 minutes episodes now, apparently. So someday we'll get a full. Eventually, yeah. yeah, eventually it'll be a whole series. A series. <laughs> it's like watching an anime grow up. Yeah. I, you know what? That's very apt. As we watch these girls grow up, climbing these mountains, we get to see the length of the show increase every season. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. It's like my very kind of like relaxing end of the day. Just throw it on you know, 15 minutes right before I go to bed. It's perfect. Nice. Uh, the next one uh, I'm watching on, it's it's only available on YouTube. So if you haven't seen it, uh, that's why. This is Bang Dream Party Pico. It, uh, see uh short like around three minutes long uh based around the uh bang dream girls band party uh mobile game 
uh, really just around the universe, but you know, they're mostly known from the from the mobile game because the anime only followed uh, Popping Party. Uh, these are little tiny episodes where each episode follows uh, thus far a different band. Uh, the first episode was this ridiculous introductory video where, like, it's like a stormy night, and what do you call it? It's what it's in the circle. I think that's what it was called. Uh, like music venue. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like all the girls just kind of bust in, and the the lady behind the counter just like in a very fearful voice announces all of them, uh, and like says like a little blurb about them, uh, and they all just go to a family restaurant and have food. <laughs> like it's like this really tense like atmospheric thing and then they're all like i'm hungry let's go to the let's go to the family restaurant uh and then like like i said every episode after that is is the girls from the different bands trying to deal with something like most recently the hello happy world girls find like find out that michelle who is uh the girl who's in the well michelle is the bear costume (laughs) but the girl inside the bear costume uh, misaki I always have a hard time remembering it. Yeah, Misaki. Uh, Misaki uh, is the girl who's inside. So whenever they see her outside of her bear costume, like the three crazy ones, uh, Kaoru, Hagami, and Kokoro, are always like, man, I really wish Michelle was here. And they they ask, you know, where do you think Michelle lives? And like jokingly, I think Misaki says Michelle land. And so Kokoro, because she's like ridiculously wealthy, has her family build Michelle land, which is an amusement park full of the Michelle bears. (laughs) It's just, it's like silly little things like that. Uh, So if you're a fan of that world, that universe or the mobile game, it's fun for you because you already know these people. If not, I don't know, maybe it'll be, maybe it'd be fun as well. Cause like, it's worth the chuckle, but there's a lot of referential stuff in there that you might not get. Um, for example, in the like, there's an is there an OP? No, there's no an OP. There's an ED though, and in the ED, um, uh, Rimirian is throwing chocolate coronets into the audience, and like you really kind of wouldn't get that unless unless you played the game or well, I guess you could watch the anime for that too. Uh, so yeah, it's it's fun, and I recommend it to uh, you know, uh, Bandori players and. If you're not playing Bondori and you like rhythm games, well, here's some sort of encouragement, which, uh, what do you call it? What do you call it? Is, uh, it's, I don't know. My mind went somewhere else. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's some encouragement. So, like, you know, try some rhythm games. Play play Sif, play Bondori, play the ones that come out eventually when they come out from Japan, Tokyo Seven Sisters. Idol Master Cinderella Girls, which will never yeah, come never. to us. Anywho, all right, let's uh, let's let's stop with the shorts <laughs> and let's go into uh, full length anime. Uh, this one is one that Jeff stole from me, so right under from out out from under me. Um, it's called Angle Moise uh, Genko Kasenki. I think that's what they actually call it in the English title as well. Yep. Uh, this anime takes place in, um, 
feudal Japan uh, right around the time of the Mongol invasion. Uh, it actually starts out pretty violently uh, as a group of exiles are being escorted to um, like an island on the absolute outskirts of Japan. And this island is uh, pretty close to uh, China, which at this point is under Mongol control. Um, and I can't recall his name and my anime list is the least help. <laughs> wow. There are three characters on this sheet. <sighs> okay. So I'm going to try my best. Uh, we get a, um, we get a character who's he's been exiled. He was a, a former samurai general, um, but he was an exile on, and he was being sent to this this island as uh, kind of a prisoner. Oh, are you talking Maru? Probably. Um, exiles in the show, apparently. There are quite a few. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. They because the. the uh, the the island of Tsushima and the the Crunchyroll <laughs> the Crunchyroll synopsis mentions Nostradamus instead of talking about any of the characters. Anyway, uh, so yeah, this, this is going to be a super vague. I, I promise <laughs> I will write down their names for the review. Is he the main character, uh, or is it he is the main okay, character? Kuichi Jinzaburo. Okay, there you go. Kuchi. I'm Kuchi bad Jinzaburo. Kuchi, K-U-C-H-I-I. I, they're probably, if I remember correctly, they just call him Jinzaburo. Jinzaburo. Um, and it's Jinzaburo Dono because they use the, that yeah. honorific, which is entertaining. Um, yeah, so, okay. So, this guy, he was a, a samurai a general. Uh, in, in, in a recent episode, we find out why he was exiled. It was kind of interesting. Um, but he he's exiled to Tsushima. And you find out when, uh, after he is able to stop a band of pirates from taking over the boat. Uh, we find out that the reason why the people of Tsushima had requested these prisoners was to bolster their ranks because uh, the Mongols were headed towards them. Or, you know, it was rumored that the Mongols had an invasion fleet uh, docked in China. And uh, Jinzaburo finds out from, actually from the crown prince who's traveling around in disguise as a monk, uh, that he specifically sent him there to ensure the defenses. And he said, give me seven days. Give me seven days and I'll bring reinforcements uh, to help you out. Uh, but they're starting to find out at this point in the anime that um, the Mongols are not the same kind of enemy that they're used to dealing with, mostly because they're only used to dealing with themselves. Um, but, you know, the Mongols are very ruthless, uh, fight very differently, that don't really give a crap about their infantry because they're essentially most of them were slaves <laughs> um, and are 100% willing to, you know, kill women and children and burn villages to the ground and stuff like that. It's pretty brutal. Um, yeah. So Jinzaburo, like, event, like it, it, at the start of it, the, the Lord of Tsushima 
uh, you know, sets up for an actual battle, like, well, not an actual battle, but like a, a Japanese style battle with the Mongols and uh, beats them at one point and then, you know, gets sucked into a trap and gets his head cut off along with his son. So now Jinzaburo is essentially leading the red, like the tattered remnants of, of Tsushima and his fellow exiles uh, against the Mongols in sort of like a guerrilla campaign. Um, it's really kind of cool because they're really sticking to uh, like the historic feel of it as far as I can tell. Um, yeah, nothing really strikes me as, oh God, was that magic or you know something <laughs> stupid like that. What I will say, the one glaring thing on this show is it has the strangest filter over it during the panning shots. So when you get these like large panning shots, like you're looking over like a valley or, you know, over the capital of Tsushima or, or whatever. Uh, there's this, it looks like, like someone's filming it, but they're filming it and the, the, the lens is dirty as shit. And <laughs> I just, I keep wanting to wipe my screen off, but it's not that. It's just, that's an artistic choice, which is really odd. And it's not a deal breaker because this is a really interesting show and like I, I'm really like invested in the characters and stuff like that. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, just baffling artistic de decision for them to be like dirty camera. That's what we're going to go with for, for our, uh, our wide shots. Um, it's, uh, I, I guess I'd con like consider it like a, you know, a historical drama with, you know, action and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So, and because like I said, it's the Mongols, and, uh, you know, they weren't noticed or, okay, when you surrender to the Mongols or when you, you know, like gave them new, no choice but to, they were usually pretty good hosts. But yeah, if you didn't, they'd, they'd usually stamp you out pretty, pretty effectively. So, um, this can get pretty dark at times and I'm imagining that it still has the potential to get maybe darker, but I... At the same time, I kind of doubt it because they also had that opportunity and they didn't really go with it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, enter at your own peril. But I think I think that this one's fairly on the safe side for something with, with you know, potentially gruesome um, subject matter. Uh, but if you're into history and you're interested in the uh, Mongol invasion and, I don't know, maybe, maybe you like uh, Teruhihime, the princess character give it a shot because she is pretty gorgeous uh and she is a, actually a really interesting character i wasn't expecting a whole lot from her <sighs> yeah so i'm expecting i'm expecting that one to, to continue the course and and be something that i'm enjoying yeah, but well, uh regardless of whether or not you enjoy it jeff will be watching that one so yeah for sure we'll definitely hear more from that one but uh yeah yeah the next show on the list is <laughs> Uh, is one of mine, um, and that is Grand Blue Dreaming, <laughs> which is ah uh, man, it it's an anime about a diving club. I don't know, maybe you've heard me talk about um, Amanchu. This is exactly the same thing. <laughs> is it? It is one hundred percent not. The same thing <laughs> at all in any way, shape, or form. No, no. I watched the first two episodes of this, and I'm really struggling. <laughs> like, okay, 
I think it's funny, but I think that at times uh, we'll get into yeah, it. Yep. So this is an anime about a guy named Iori Kitahara who moves to his uncle's diving shop um, to attend a, a local university, and he, you know, he moves here hoping for like you know this, you know, golden college life this you know dream college life and the minute he walks into his uncle's diving shop he is greeted to a gaggle of naked men um (laughs) i don't know if they were wrestling or they were doing something they were drinking they were drunk they were drunk people naked in his his uncle's diving shop and Mm -hmm. that essentially is what this anime is about yep um they just yeah just straight up like 90 percent of this naked anime, bros yeah, doing naked bro things yeah, while drinking while drinking and occasionally a cute girl will walk through and i just wish we had more of them <laughs> one of them is a syscon oh my god that, that's pretty good <laughs> I, I like that <laughs> um so yeah this is just a straight up comedy um, and it's like, I don't even know what kind of comedy to even call this because it's not slapstick, it's like, it, but it's a bro comedy. Yeah, it it feels like it feels like a fucking National Lampoon's movie yeah. <laughs> from okay. the 80s. Uh-huh. Um, it's just like, man, I don't even know how to describe this. It's 100 percent not my kind of show. And I severely regret drafting this anime, <laughs> uh, but I will definitely be sticking it out. Um, it, I mean, it has its moments. It, it's pretty funny, but I feel like they take every joke to like two hundred percent. They like, yeah. they, they reach the point where it's funny, and then they're like, "But what if we did more? What? Yeah, what if we just did not stop? <laughs> like the the whole there's this." I I'm, I think it was in the second episode of the room gag, the oh god yeah where the like he's having people decorate his room because he wants to go to this party, um where with this like this mixer with these girls from like a local girls college or something like that, but <laughs> the uh, the eldest sister his uh, his cousin um, Nanaka won't let him go because he's spent the previous two nights. Like out drinking, he hadn't even slept in his own room yet. So he was uh, getting <laughs> these two dude bros from the club that he was forced to join to decorate his room. And oh my god, they went straight to porn. Just like no stop, <laughs> just full on. Here's a room full of porn. And you know it, that would have been funny. Uh, the joke. Landed fairly well for me. Uh, the Nanaka, you know, walks in and has to uh, kind of like robotically walk out and call her friend. And that leads to some interesting comedy right there. But then they're like, let's just double down. Let's triple down. How about we do this four times? Yeah. 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 There there are no breaks on this bus. No. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, it is, it is funny. And like you said, like, wait, uh, whether he's meeting, like he said that the two quote unquote dude bros or, or Kohei, who's like, uh, <laughs> he's like a pretty, he's a pretty boy, but straight up otaku, but doesn't, 
believe that people would think he's an otaku even though he's totally wearing like anime print t-shirts yeah and like he came to college hoping for a high school harem or something yeah yeah he came to college hoping for a harem of high school girls oh my yeah God. it's yeah i thought he was funny but yeah like it, like as soon as you get him you get him forced into the club as well and it's just like here's him getting drunk i'm like okay funny and it's like and then again and again and oh by the way they're gonna show up at school naked in their underwear yeah. and again and again i'm like okay you've done it i'm like it's funny it was funny at first and now it's kind of dead yeah I'm I'm like yeah I'm curious to see where they go with the humor because I expect if nothing. they keep doing that like I might continue watching it but I think what I'll do is I'll watch it and as soon as I see a joke I'm like that was funny skip ahead forty seconds yeah. all right they've done it another two times now they can move on yep. I mean the, and there are moments of you know like heartfelt stuff interspersed between the ninety nine percent comedy. Um, I don't know if you saw this part, but there's a part where he, like, the main shtick is that he can't swim, but he joined the diving club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he was kind of forced. Yeah. Into the well, he was club, forced into yeah. the diving club. Um. So he, you know, one of his, uh, upperclassmen, kind of helped him through this exercise where they got on like the diving suits and they stood in the ocean and they just kind of went under to like practice breathing through the apparatus and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. he kind of conquers his fear of, uh, you know, opening his eyes under the water and, you know, being underwater and trying to breathe. Um, and it leads to a, a really kind of a sweet moment where he's like super elated that he was able to do this and he runs into the diving shop. Yeah, yeah no, there are definitely those moments. And I, I kind of figure there are going to be more. It's just it's like they have those moments and it's like, OK, this guy is kind of learning to live his life as an adult now, yeah. like. You know, like, and it's kind of the story of anybody who's who's in that situation, who's an adult, who's you know, you know, uh, kind of leaving their comfort zone. Is that you know, you start finding out that you're capable of so much more and all that mm-hmm. stuff, and and kind of getting rid of those previous anxieties and stuff like that, which is really cool. But then they beat you over the head with the comedy, yeah. like the shtick, just like they. Like, one tap, guys. That's all I need. Yeah. Just hit me once with it. Don't fucking, like, don't break the stick on my fucking head. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, this is for me. Yeah, this is for I me. Know. I love comedy. Yeah. You like, <laughs> I figured you would like the show since you liked, like, Hina Matsuri, but I guess it's a different kind of. I don't know. I, I don't comedy. feel like Hina Matsuri beat me with it. Yeah, though. that's true. I guess. <laughs> like, like, they, like, here's the show. Moving on. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, I I would say I probably have negative feelings right now, but they have shown me enough to keep me uh, interested and hopeful. Probably a misplaced eh. hope, but I I might I might you know catch up. I think I'm at this point three episodes behind, so I might catch up and just just uh, I mean if it turns out good, awesome. I'm glad I stuck it out. Yeah. If it turns out bad, well, I suffered with you. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of comedy, uh, the next one is one that I'm watching, but I'm pretty sure I didn't draft. No, I didn't draft this one. Uh, this one is Asobi Asobase. And no, there is no English title for that. Uh, that's the title they went with, which is fine. Uh, this follows three girls, uh, Hanako, Kasumi, and Olivia, who Olivia, I just realized, doesn't have a last name, um, who are all part of a 
a club in their high school called the uh, I almost said part timers the pastime pastimers club. Um, it kind of forms around like Hanako really really wants a club that she can go to. What she really wants is to be able to meet boys, but they're at a an all girl school. Um, so she just kind of wants like a club where she can hang out, and so they uh, they kind of her and Olivia kind of corral Kasumi into uh, this pastimers club where essentially their only goal is to play like pastime type games. Like, you know, I don't know, like uh, simple games to pass the time. Yeah. The um, uh, Crunchyroll has it titled as Asabi Asabase workshop of fun. Oh, weird. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what a weird to- add on. Anyway, <laughs> Uh, each of the girls is like it focuses on the three of them and each of them kind of has their own little quirks Uh, Hanako who again formed the club is uh, extremely wealthy but again she's very interested in in boys (laughs) and didn't realize that she was going to an all girl school I don't know Uh, but yeah she's she's extremely wealthy um, kind of over the top sometimes all the times but uh (laughs) She also has a butler who can shoot laser beams out of his ass. What? Not not kidding. <laughs> uh, and that he told her that that's what shogi is, or was that go? Either way, he told her that's what some some board game was was shogi was was shooting lasers out of his ass. Uh, no. So no. Uh, Kasumi is probably one of the more regular ones. Uh, she hates uh, games like this um, because her older sister used to like beat her at them and then she would make her do stuff and it just kept getting worse and worse. Essentially, she was just like kind of the older sister's slave because the older sister's a dick. Uh, so she's kind of scarred, but she ends up joining the club anyway. Uh, Olivia is kind of a... Okay, actually kind of Olivia's an asshole. <laughs> she's funny, but she's an asshole. She's either all foreigner or like a halfu. Um I, I think she's just a foreigner though, but she's been raised in Japan for so long that she doesn't know any other language but Japanese. But when she's playing games with people to kind of throw them off, she'll speak in a way that makes her sound like a foreigner. Um to kind of tr- throw them off. Um yeah. So it's it's a, it's a it's a gag comedy essentially, uh, but in this gag comedy, like I've there's two shows this season that I can honestly say you know that were comedies that I can say that every okay almost every gag just about every gag has gotten me to laugh out loud, and that's like that's not every like like not every comedy can do that for you so that's you know uh, pretty impre- uh, impressive, but. Um, let me show, like most recently they had a uh, a talk where they were talking about um how men and women mate and well uh being that it's an all girl school and apparently they didn't get really great sex ed um uh okay so <laughs> <laughs> this is an explicit podcast so yep. i just want to remind you that i'm going to read some of the dialogue Please. Uh, so Olivia is talking to Hanako about how you make a baby because they're not sure. And Olivia's idea is, and this is a quote from the show: "If you kiss with his cock out, <laughs> you'll have a baby." Oh no! 
They also, Hanako believes that French kissing produces babies. Um, what do you call it? Uh, Olivia eventually comes to the conclusion that maybe the man gets on top of the woman and sends brainwaves into the woman, having, like, for her to have his child. I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's just a lot of gag comedy and crazy shit like that happens. Um, again, Firing lasers out of, uh, like, a butler who could fire lasers out of his ass. Um, a teacher who tastes water hoping it's pee. Oh, no, yes. Okay, I completely forgot. Yeah. A teacher who, when told that, because they, they set up a pool in the, the classroom, and the pool spills over, and, you know, uh, some of it spills into the gap under the door and, and into the hallway, and he asks what it is, and he's like, oh, it's pee, I couldn't hold it in. And instead of smelling it, which... I mean, arguably, I think the logical thing to do would be like, oh, okay, crap. Uh, let me go get you some cleaning supplies. Or second logical step, maybe smell it if you're really that skeptical. But the third step, the one he takes, the least logical step, is he dips his fingers in it, puts it to his tongue, and says, that's not me. <laughs> I think he was disappointed, what? too. What? <laughs> yeah, he was disappointed for a different reason than B. Yeah. <laughs> I only saw that clip on Twitter, so that's the only reason I know I, about that. <laughs> I laugh so hard because it, it's it does stuff. It that's one of the kind of like the things that you look for in these kind of absurd comedies is you expect it to do something and it it gets you with misdirection, and that's where you know the laughs comes in, and that's a lot of also be also say. Um, so if you like that kind of stuff, like this one will get you. It's just so funny sometimes. Also a very um, interesting looking show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to even call that art style. Oh yeah. Another thing too, the opening theme, <laughs> it's, it's a good opening theme. It looks good, but it's very cutesy. So when you watch it, you're like, oh, nice. And then you like get into the show and it's hilarious, but like in a weird kind of way. So you're like, wow, that opening theme was super misleading. Yeah. Um, and the ED is really, uh, like I'm not huge into that kind of like the, I, I love metal. Like I love the instrumentals of the song. I just don't like the screaming bits. Uh, but the, the ED, like the art styles, the visual and all that stuff, it, it looks great. I would definitely recommend this show. If you're a, a fan of comedy, I like, and if Grand Blue Dreaming didn't sound appealing to you. <laughs> or even if it did. I don't know. If you like getting beat over the head with that many jokes, and you know, this is, uh, a, I don't know, a light snack for you. <laughs> I feel like they're having a lot of fun with the subtitles in that show. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, another quote real quick before we switch uh, off. I was, playing it co- I was playing it cool, but I'm mad chicken with horror dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. No shit. That's how crunchy rolled. <laughs> that's how crunchy there, I saw another one that was like, she's on that Chinese something shit again or something like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. She's doing her Chinese contortionist shit. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love so hard. Uh, yes. Yes. Great show. Uh, all right. So this show is a lot less funny, but I'm enjoying it nonetheless. Uh, this is a show I drafted. As a matter of fact, I believe this was the show I drafted first. Uh, this is How Not to Summon a Demon Lord. I'm not going to read the whole damn title in Japanese. <laughs> it's really long. Um, essentially, uh, uh, you know, stuck in an MMO type thing. Uh, but a guy who 
uh, plays uh, this MMO. He's like, you know, very socially awkward, probably like Kikimori or, you know, something like that because he's so ridiculously high level at this game that uh, people actually attack him, like, you know, to kind of dethrone him or whatever, but he's spent so much time leveling or whatever that he is like known as the, the devil of this world. And his character's name is actually Diablo. Um, well, he winds up um, stuck in the game world. Um, actually, okay, take that back. He get, he winds up stuck in the game world because he's accidentally summoned to it. Uh, two girls who are performing a summoning ritual at the same time, uh, one named Rem and one named Shera, uh, Rem being a cat girl um, and Shera being a, a very, very, very well-endowed elf. <laughs> um they were both su- trying to summon him, and they summon him, uh, I, I guess collectively on accident, uh, and they cast a spell to enslave him. However, he has reflect magic just constantly on him, which if your MMO has that ability, that is broken as shit. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so he reflects magic, and they are now, in, like Rem and Shara are now enslaved to Diablo. And so Diablo is now trying to kind of figure out the ins and outs of the world uh, while also trying to figure out kind of how to socialize with people because the only way he knows how to socialize with people is via his in-game persona. So he makes these grandiose claims and, you know, like evil statements because he's used to being a big bad PK guy in, in, you know, an MMO, but now he's, you know, in a real fantasy world. Um, one thing that did transfer over from his uh, MMO account is his ridiculous power because nothing stands a chance against him. Uh, thus far, he has, let's see, uh, a top-level mage summons a monster against him, and he handily beat that. He beats an entire army of uh, a, a monster race called the, the Fallen and kills like the Fallen's leader all in the same day. Um, yeah, he, it's one of those, but like, it's, I don't know. It's fun for me. Cause I like these kind of shows mm-hmm. I enjoyed in another world with my smartphone because it felt tongue in cheek to me. I'm going to get into one that I'm not enjoying as much <laughs> a little later on, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's, this is an etchy. So yeah, let me, let me put it to you that way. In another world with my smartphone was not an etchy. It had some, but eh, not really. This was more of a harem. This is kind of a harem ish there's really only three right now um but do not be fooled this is an etchy and oh boy does it go places this last episode i believe it was episode six uh was pretty graphic (laughs) so you know don't let the young ones watch this if you got them graphic in a good way graphic in a good way for me yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, I was thinking like, what kind of graphic would be bad? I'm like, violence. Sometimes we like. Eh. I mean, but then I like violence well enough. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on the violence, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I was doing just now, <laughs> like thinking about it in your head. Anyway, this is yeah, yeah. Because you can't see the speech bubbles over my head anyway, or the thought bubbles, I guess. Um. So yeah, it, it, every episode uh, boils down to like two stories essentially, uh, and each of them either end or began with or somewhere in the middle have just a huge etchy plot line to them um 
we're like halfway through in this one. I don't, I don't see them because there are two really big plot lines. Uh, Shara is, um, turns out is, uh, a important figure. I won't spoil too much. And Diablo is trying to protect her. And Rem, uh, has, uh, something going on with her as well. Uh, something innate in her. I won't, again, won't spoil it, but, um, so Diablo is trying to, trying to, you know, figure out how he got or how to maybe how to get back. I don't know. He doesn't seem terribly uh, interested in going back anyway, but he's trying to, he's definitely trying to um, fix the problems of the world and, as well as uh, help out his traveling cohorts uh, and maybe break the enslavement chain that is stuck around their neck. Um, I don't think they can finish it in the next six episodes, but I'm pretty sure that if it gets a decent reception that we'll get more of it. Uh, especially since this is apparently a popular light novel. So, you know, here's hoping, especially for those of us Etchy fans, here's really, really hoping because I could really use more of this, um, especially since we only got a little bit of the character I'm kind of the most interested in. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Let's uh, let's hope for more. <laughs> well, speaking of Etchy shows, Woo. the next show that we are going to talk about is Harukana Receive, which was one of my draft picks. And if you like... Hmm, okay, how do I... Hmm, do you like... If you like... Hmm, the order is important here. If you like butts, if you like volleyball, if you like swimsuits, then this anime is for you. <laughs> I feel like that's the most important order of things. Um, <laughs> it's uh, a... You know, fan service kind of uh, sports anime about this girl named Haruka who moves to uh, Okinawa. They, Okinawa. It's it's Okinawa. Did they say why she moved there? I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't know. If I they think did. she's going to school there. Yeah, yeah. School's weird in Japan. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she moves to Okinawa to live with her. You know, just real uh-huh. quick. If if I had been offered, like. Hey, we'll pay you to go to high school in Hawaii. I would have been all on that. Yeah, yeah. We don't have a system like that in America because America sucks. I would love to have a school system like Japan. We'll pay. We'll pay you to go to school in the middle of the country. No, yes, please. thank you. What in the middle of the country? Hey, they're paying me to go to school. Oh, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah, I guess I'd tough it out. Anyway, yeah. moving on. Anyways, um, Haruka moves to Okinawa. Um, and upon arriving there, she is greeted by her cousin, uh, Kanata, who is, um, a good deal shorter than her, though they were the same height when they were young kids. Uh, to be fair, Haruka is like a tall, like model-esque girl with, uh, curves in all the right places. Um, and then, yeah, Kanata's you know, short and uh, fairly, I guess, flat would be the term. Yeah. Um, I mean, standard um, build, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's cute. Yeah. They're all cute. Um, and uh, they somehow start playing volleyball. I- uh, yeah. I mean, Haruka, Haruka kind of pushes Kanata in it because Kanata initially doesn't want to. Yeah. Because she's Yeah, because uh, there are these other two girls, um uh Narumi and uh Ayase, 
who they run into on the beach. And apparently Narumi was uh, Kanata's former uh, pair partner. Mm-hmm. Because Kanata was big into beach volleyball when she was younger. And apparently but, they uh, had a, a good track record together. Yeah, but Kanata has a falling out because she eventually starts to... Yeah, she doubts herself because of her lack of height. and Yeah, uh, and her inability to spike and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, Because she wants to be that person that is able to you know, just power spike everything um, and overpower the opponents. But yeah, Haruka gets her to kind of pair up with her and uh, they spend like, I think the second and third episode kind of, or I guess it was the second episode going over like a, just a, a, a match between the, the two pairs, um, which Haruka and Kanata lose fairly handily, but uh, leads to some good character building and stuff. And then we get introduced to another pair of girls, two blonde twins named uh, Emery and Claire, I believe are their names. <laughs> Last <laughs> name Thomas, which amuses me because, you know, my buddy Thomas, Thomas. who's periodically in the Discord. Yeah, yeah. snoring away. <laughs> Missing men. Um, <laughs> who are part of the uh, the school's volleyball club um, that Haruka will be attending. So... Um, I've only seen the three episodes. I haven't had a ton of time to stay up to date on anime, but I am thoroughly enjoying this show so far. It ticks all the right boxes for me. It's a fun fan yeah. service sports anime. I watched uh, episode six today, and I was very impressed with how they handled... Um, uh, I won't spoil anything, but uh, like the latest arc. Uh-huh. I like I like the pacing uh, thus far. Um, I'm kind of hoping, because I don't think this is one's going to be a two core. Um, as a matter of fact, no, it's not because it says 12 episodes right there. Uh, but I, I'm hoping that like we do get more of it after this because I don't think, unless they really cram, that, but I think that would ruin the pacing. Because I think what they got going right now is good and uh, it looks great. The only thing that like was kind of weird to me at first was the CGI sand. Mm-hmm. Like the sand on the ground is anim is you know drawn, but every every time they like dust themselves off or hit the sand or you know hit the ball after it's been in the sand, like there's a puff of sand, and I've actually kind of come to appreciate this because yeah. I I I don't feel like that would have been as I don't know it it wouldn't have felt like sand drawn. I don't know. Maybe you can maybe someone in the audience can point to. Like, oh, they drew sand here back in this time and whatever. But I don't know. I think it, after my initial kind of like surprise, it yeah. felt, it's feeling more and more natural to me. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely noticed that kind of thing, but I grew accustomed to it pretty much right away. And yeah, I think it, it adds to the aesthetic of the show. Yeah. I just thought it was an interesting, it's definitely an interesting way for them to, to go about, um, you know, uh, enhancing the the feel of the actual you know volleyball game for sure um, yeah. which yeah like like you said it is quite a bit of etchy so don't get us wrong i mean not i mean definitely not as much as the last show i was talking about but mm-hmm. you know you're gonna get shots of of, of their rears yeah, as the, they're the signaling is, each other is definitely more camera angles and outfits yeah. rather than actually etchy situations yeah so uh you but i i feel like they do make a, a decent effort at, you know, making the games feel 
somewhat intense and you know not not 100 percent. oh look at these jiggle yeah. physics oh, for sure. there's you definitely know. meaning behind what they're doing yeah so i'm enjoying i'm enjoying this show quite a bit as well yeah. I, I wasn't as big on it at first because narami rub, rubbed me the wrong way but i think she's coming around too so definitely looking forward to the rest of it um <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay uh so the next show on our list is one that i also drafted and uh this is Ongoku Shoujo, or Music Girls, as it's called in Crunchyroll, which I don't know why you wouldn't just keep Ongoku Shoujo. I know that they both mean the same thing, but still, Music Girls just sounds terrible. Like, that's that's a bad name. <laughs> I can't imagine I can't imagine a, a, an idol group called Music Girls. It sounds awful. Anyway, uh, Ongoku Shoujo starts out with... Uh, um, it starts out in an airport, weirdly enough, uh, with a – oh, this is terrible. <laughs> it, it starts out in an, aer- an airport with like a, a smaller known uh, idol group um, that called Ongoku Shoujo who are performing like at a C-rank venue essentially. Um uh, and like getting off the plane is um I can't remember her name and it's even worse because it's nowhere to be found on any of these websites. Minimalist is failing you. Yeah, Left it really right. is. No characters. Are you serious? Well, just gonna I just gotta have to wing it again. Uh so <laughs> the main girl of the show uh, whose name I will eventually get to you, I promise. Um, she's um, getting off the plane with her mom and dad when uh, she witnesses this, or she finds this idol group, and she doesn't know what idols are because apparently she's been living abroad, um, although she seems to be all Japanese. So, I don't know, confusing. <laughs> but um, uh, she finds out what idols are, and she's very well like knowledgeable about music and stuff like that because her parents are both musicians um so she goes to their backstage which they allow her to do and she's able to completely reproduce um like their choreography just oh there we go hanako there we go found her name uh hanako hanako is completely able to uh reproduce her um their choreography just by like the first time she saw it and they're all impressed about it. And uh, they're like, why don't we have you come back up on stage with us so we can have our, like, I don't know. It's like some kind of fan uh, performance type thing, like where the fan gets to be up on stage with the the group. Um, (laughs) And you find out Haruka can't sing for shit. Oh no. Like just the worst singer, which, okay. This is one of the things I think this show does very, very well. Like that is unique because essentially she becomes uh, the manager. So because she's she's never going to be an, a, like an idol yeah. in this group. She's just the the person behind the people. Um, but she's you know dedicated to uh, trying to make her way in the music industry 
as kind of like a assistant producer. Um, she meets uh, Ongaku Shoujo's producer, who is completely useless. Like throughout these last uh, five episodes, like everything kind of boils down to one or more of the girls has a problem. Producer messes up somehow. Haruka bails him out. <laughs> and I'm like, why isn't she the producer? <laughs> this guy's useless. Um, and uh, among the girls, uh, there are, oh, God, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, eleven. Eleven girls in Ongaku Shoujo. Um, so if I couldn't remember Haruka's name, yeah, I don't remember any of theirs. Haruka? Uh, huh? Hanako. You said Haruka. That's Hanako. Oh, did I? The main character. <laughs> oh, whatever. Uh, we're going to... Well, yep. I will get into this in the review cast, but this this show has not... like, And you know, uh, those of you out there uh, who have listened to the podcast for a while or have even glanced at our podcast, we are Love Live fans. I love me some idols, but this show does not do it for me. Um, it's thus far does not look great. Like I, I think I was mentioning it when, when the show first came, first came out, but when your first episode fails to do anything like it, like, you know, first episodes are usually there to look pretty and wow, like, you know, um, investors and stuff like that. Yeah. They clearly did not care, uh, because, that first episode looked like like trash and it just doesn't get better. Um, they during performances, they reuse um, animations uh, like you'll see the same animation uh, a couple times over during the uh, uh, the live. Um, certain, you know, aspects of it look wonky. I just I can't stress enough just how bad this looks. For an yeah. idol show, too, which is kind of what you expect. You expect them to be selling you on the image and the music. Now, I will say the OP is actually pretty good. The rest of the music has been kind of subpar. Um, and with interesting with interesting uh, lyrics, like wishing on, I don't know how to say that, a marguerite, a Russian roulette of dreams. And I'm, I remember thinking oh, yeah. when I read that, like, and Russian roulette must mean something completely different in Japan. <laughs> That's um, yeah, but it's just baffling because this is this this is like produced by, or at least has the money from King Records, who they have money, um, and for it to be this poor, I just I I can't imagine that they they even really care about this. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they wanted to do something like Love Live esque. Um, I've been seeing quite a few of like the reports that feature Aqua, um, like they gush about how, uh, the, you know, the, the idols, uh, sing in tune with their animated counterparts. Um, uh, maybe they were thinking something like that, but if that's where they, they <laughs> what they were thinking, they're going to have to have a part in the show, uh, where they don't, where the live doesn't look terrible because I, I can't imagine actual idols, um, Dancing the way that they do in the show. Uh, That's too bad. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just, it's not great. Um, if you're looking for an idol show, 
I could recommend so many more. I I'm pretty sure you like. There's probably something you haven't seen that I could recommend. And if you've seen everything I've seen, just rewatch Love Live. <laughs> just rewatch Love Live, any of the series or the movie, or rewatch some of Idolmaster. Like that's that's what I'd recommend to you because I'm gonna be sticking this out because I I drafted it, but I'm probably not going to enjoy it. Like I said, I, like you heard me, like I you know I. I know that I don't have the best memory for names, but when I mess up her name after I've said it, yeah, I I just, it's, I actually sit here like looking at the time, like, oh God, is this episode done yet? And I feel bad for that because I really like idol shows. Uh, yes, I have regrets. It's too bad. It's just too bad. But I do not have regrets for picking up this next show. I didn't pick it up, like draft it, but started watching it and this is the other comedy that is legitimately making me laugh out loud every single episode this is chio school road um as the title uh kind of alludes to this is an anime about a girl named chio who uh is just trying to make it to school every episode we get two stories of her trying to make it to school and they're always something different like you know something different always happens uh for example in the very first episode uh, because i don't want to spoil too much uh, if you're interested in watching it um she is late and her normal route like she could run but her normal route is blocked off for construction which would you know mean that she'd have to detour a very long way but that night she had been playing assassin's creed or knock off Assassin's Creed. So she decides she's going to run along the rooftops to make it to school. And <laughs> and like every time she's kind of almost caught, she's able to, you know, stealthily avoid uh detection. Uh, for example, she's on a guy's roof and it's an older guy and he opens his window and he's, you know, Shirtless, brushing his teeth in front of his window, which, why would you do that? That, that part baffled me. Anyway, um, and he's, yeah, he's brushing his teeth in front of his window, and so she's got to, like, lay down underneath his window, being as quiet as possible. Um, she gets to, like, a park area where she's jumping across the roofs of, uh, I don't know what they were, like, probably, like, public, public toilets. And uh, <laughs> she witnesses this guy... <laughs> Like uh, a little boy lets go of his balloon into a tree and his mother asks this, uh, this guy uh, to help him. But the guy is a complete asshole and like tells her off and then walks around the corner singing, like literally singing lyrics to a song about how much better it is to be rich and how much, like how much he enjoys uh, stamping on the poor. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> and it's it's just it's funny because he's singing it and you're reading those lyrics and it's like i don't know i i laugh because i i sing like i don't sing songs like that but you know mm. i'll i will walk around my room singing about how much i enjoy torturing my cats which i you know if you're in some kind of animal rights group i don't torture my cats i just pick them up when they don't want to be picked up jackson's anyway, a battle cat though he, he is a battle cat and he deserves to torture anyway um but yeah, I, I do that kind of thing. But yeah, she gets back at him by uh, 
stepping, like jumping into like, cause she's not going to be able to jump all the way across. She jumps, uh, and steps on his face to the other roof. Um, so yeah, just stuff like that is constantly happening in the show. The, like Chio herself is kind of like a really shy character, uh, who's not really great at socializing, but she does have a friend, uh, named Manana and Manana is a straight up scumbag, but she's so funny. Um, for example, uh, Manana finds out that, uh, a popular girl named Yuki is trying to become friends with Chio cause she likes Chio, like not, you know, in a sexual way, but as a yeah. person. Um, and so while walking to school, Manana tries to essentially distance herself from Chio and make herself like part of the popular crew by like using Chio as a stepping stone. <laughs> and like when that doesn't work out because Yuki's like genuinely a good person and Manana's like, oh, you're not one of those like scummy popular people. Like she kind of like comes back to Chio. <laughs> it's. I don't know. I don't know how to how else to explain it other than it's it is hilarious chaos. I mean, this is a show with with a girl who is able to fool a yakuza into believing that she is an international killer. Um, just all kinds of crazy shit happens in this show, and I I can't recommend it enough. Really, if you haven't seen it, and like it even seems kind of funny, it is. Very, very funny. You'll laugh your ass off. I guarantee it. Um, Geo School Road. Yeah, for sure. Like, I I can't talk about more because there's not a whole lot of other plot aside from girl tries to go to school, hijinks ensue. Like, that's basically it. But the hijinks are, it's one of those things like Asubi Asubase where it's like, you have this expectation and it's like the, the plot subverts the shit out of it and makes you laugh. So... Chio School Roll. Go watch Julio. it. Indeed. <laughs> Up next, we have a show that was not initially drafted by me, but I ended up picking it up because one of my shows did not get picked up. And that is Review Starlight, which is a truly bizarre idol anime, I think. Um, it is the story of a girl named Karen who goes to a, oh man, my words are just leaving my head today. It's, it's like a, a performing arts school, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. um, where there it's are two essentially an actor school. Yeah. Where there are two, like not two classes, but there are two different kinds of, I guess, um, focuses there's, you know, performing arts, singing, dancing, um, all that kind of stuff. And then there's like uh, producing and props and stuff like that on the other half. Mm-hmm. Um, and Karen is in the performing half of the school. Um, she is in, I forget what class it doesn't really matter, but she um, like, she sings and dances every day and the rest of her class does the same. And, there's a very kind of like interesting dynamic between the girls uh, right off the bat as they, I don't know if it's just like their sign number, but there definitely seems to be um, some 
I don't know, freaking importance to the way they say their place in the class. I don't even know if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I know. Um, the wrench gets thrown in when a girl named Hikari, who was a girl that uh, Karen knew at a young age, uh, she transfers into their class from a prestigious British school, which apparently is like the you know toughest school to get into in the world for this kind of thing. And uh, she acts very coldly towards Karen upon, you know, reuniting with them. And we kind of come to find out that this is because of this mysterious audition process that's going on behind the scenes at night. Literally underneath the school. <laughs> literally underneath the school. You have to get there by this like seemingly magic elevator that I don't know why no one else has ever tried to use that thing other than these girls. Um, that is run by a giraffe. A telekinetic <laughs> giraffe. Um, and it's called the uh, Starlight, I think. I think it's the review Starlight, right? The, it's the whole thing? Because Starlight's a play. Hmm. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Starlight is a song and dance review troupe love throughout the world. Yeah, I'm not sure. Either way, it's a competition of sorts. Yeah. It's like an audition. And it's like these girls have to fight each other while singing and... um. I guess not dancing, but, you know, going through this truly kind of bizarre audition um, where they have to essentially cut off the cape that the other one is wearing or remove it in some form or fashion. Because some of the girls use like sabers or swords and stuff like that. Uh, One girl, Juna, uses a bow. Um, Real quick, too, Juna is... Played by the Hinata uh, the girl who is uh, not Seta. Um, what are the girls from from Saint Snow from Aquas or from yeah. Um, yeah. Love of Sunshine? In, yeah, from Sunshine. Um, yeah, the cast in this show is just insane. It is bonkers who they have. Um, Aina Aiba, who was a big performer, I think, at uh, Any Song World Mastery, right? Oh, I'm sorry. It was it was Leah. I'm sorry. Anyway, what were you saying? Ina Iba wasn't. Didn't she perform? Oh yeah, song? yeah, yeah. Ina Iba plays one of the girls, uh, and she is uh, like she's part Cla- of Claudine. She's part of um, Roselia. Yeah, it's it's a pretty massive cast. Um, isn't uh, um, isn't there another Love Live girl in this cast? Maybe I'm wrong. I even think it's something else. Who plays uh? Honoka's best friend. I can't remember. Not Kotori. Uh, Umi. Who plays oh, Umi? Mimori? Yeah, is she not in this show? I thought she was. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I don't Regardless, though, see the, her. The, they have a, just an, a fantastic cast oh, of no, characters. I totally do see her. Oh, yeah? Yep, yep. She is... Uh, Hika- oh, she's Hikari. Hikari. Oh, there oh, we go. Really? Yep. Okay. Interesting. Oh yeah, Mimari Suzuko. Um, yeah. So 
I think it goes without saying that the music in the show is fantastic. Yeah, it's outstanding. Every time the uh, the review starts, I am just like instantly enthralled by everything that's taking place. The music, the fighting, uh, the dialogue going on between the girls. And goddamn, the transformation sync was in this show. Yes, and they do it every time. Un- and it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's pretty great. I I found a, a clip of it on YouTube, and I think I watched it about ten times in a row. Yeah, it's they just es- so they essentially they essentially like manufacture their like the the transformation sequence is like them manufacturing the outfits the outfits like on the spot, but it looks so cool. Yeah, and then like the girls get like makeup and then you see them uh when they're fully transformed in their outfit standing like on some stage on, with like this yeah. incredible light show and then the sound all, effects are incredible. the lighting the lighting for the review part of the show or for the audition part of the show god damn it's so cool it, because yeah it, it's like stage lighting but it's oh like stage god. lighting times a thousand it's so good it yeah. is so good. Like, I will say that that first episode, I was so confused about what was happening yeah. that I couldn't appre- like fully appreciate what was going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, as uh, episodes two and three uh, came along, yeah, I was just like, wow, this is incredible. And this is honestly easily the most intriguing show I've watched this year. Because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I still don't fully understand what's going on. Um, obviously there's some sort of, you know, audition contest thing going on. Well, and and it's like they're auditioning for this thing, but it seems like that audition has to do, uh, or is, is maybe tied in with the audition that they're, they're, uh, going to have, um, for, cause they're going to have a class play Yeah, uh, for their, for yeah. their actual school. And in the, the, the play that they're going to do is called Starlight. Yeah, but they did the they did that last year as well. Uh, two years ago. Oh, two years ago. Okay, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just remember, in I think episode three, Hikari uh, says to Karen that if you lose this competition, that the giraffe will take the most important thing for an idol away from her. And I'm just very curious as to what that is and what that means. Cause there is a, a certain sense of uh, foreboding, a certain sense of danger perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Involved it, with this. When I first, when I watched the first episode, I really thought it was going to turn dark. I was like, Oh no, this is going to get dark. Um, and I'm still kind of feeling that, but yeah. I don't know. It, it's like a fine line of tension that the show maintains. Mm-hmm. because there's obviously stakes and some of the girls seem to know what those stakes are. But since we're following Karen, I feel like we haven't necessarily uh, been privy to what those stakes are. And it's funny because we, we still, I mean, I, I won't spoil anything for you, but episode four, we still kind of don't. Yeah. Um, and episode five comes out tomorrow. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'll definitely I've been, be watching this tomorrow. Probably. Yeah. I've um, definitely been keeping up with it because I need to know what's going on. Yeah. There are, you know, I think, you know, contrasting this with uh, Ongaku Shoujo Music Girls is kind of interesting because this show has a ton of characters as well, but all of them are distinct and memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, too, though, I'm as much as like the singing and dancing and all that stuff, I wouldn't call this an idol anime. I guess not. 
because they're um, not they're not going to perform together. They're not in an idol group. They're actresses. Well, they, I mean, they do perform together in a way. But yeah, but yes, I, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, um, but it's you know it falls under that kind of same music genre. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you have any uh, favorite characters so far? Uh, I really, really enjoy Jenna. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the girl like with the bow and arrow. I I loved her story and the story that she told through song. Yes. Loved it. I thought it was great. Oh, like God. this is a character. Holy Every shit! Every performance is just so good. <laughs> and again, she's she's Leah from Love Live. Yeah. So I I like Hikari well enough, and I want to like her more because she's Mimori. <laughs> I, I feel like she's that typical kind of like hard shell that we just need to crack and we're kind of yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like Maya, uh, the kind of like top girl in mm. everything. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of worried about what they're going to do with her because it's clear that her and Claudine have um, a past in the history and they, they do kind of go into that about how Maya's kind of cast away any potential that she thinks that she may have had with a friendship regarding Claudine. Yeah. And kind of use her as a stepping stone for her own uh, progress. And I'm just very curious to see how this is all going to pan out for, for all of them, but especially her. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of intrigue, really great characters and some pretty funny moments too. Some some good one-liners that I'm gonna try to use more. Like the uh, there's one character named Nana who I think everyone just calls her Banana Chan or something like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, Karen uses a line where she's like Banana Nice, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna use that a lot. <sighs> yeah, it's Banana Ice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Banana Ice. Yeah. It, uh, this last episode you'll be happy to know is is kind of like lighter. So but. Well, the third episode was as well. They've kind of because I was like the slice of life kind of jellyfish episode. Um. Oh, wait, that was the fourth episode. That was I the fourth episode. Four. Oh, OK. Four. Oh, yeah. I th- yeah. You told me. Just like three. Sorry. OK. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, that, that was a slice of life episode. So, OK, so we're, yeah, we're yeah, on yeah. the same page. We're so on the same page. Yep. I like. If you're going to watch one show this season, if you're going to pick one show, this show would get my vote for you to watch. Um, it's, I think it's just fascinating and fantastic. I think it would definitely depend on the, um, on the viewer, but I can't imagine too many people wouldn't, wouldn't like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would say the same. Uh, definitely give review starlight a chance if nothing else didn't see what the hell we're talking about because that that giraffe is just weird the giraffe is weird and i'm gonna link the uh the transformation sequence in the uh the post for this on our site so yeah definitely watch that that out yeah so incredible okay that's enough gushing we'll see we'll see how we're feeling about that come episode 12 for sure uh all right and another show we'll see how i feel about after <laughs> its run which i'm not sure how long that's going to be because it doesn't say uh is island uh the show is on crunchyroll right now it uh follows a guy named setsuna who wakes up on a beach and uh he doesn't have his memories uh but he sees a girl 
uh, walking towards him, and the first thing that comes out of his mouth is her name, uh, Rene. He just kind of, the only things he knows is that she's Rene and his name is Setsuna. Um, which is odd because according to her family's like kind of lore story, some kind of weird legend, um, I guess one of their founders or something like that was a brother and sister couple uh, named <sighs> Setsuna and Rene. And Setsuna, I don't know, like freezes himself or whatever. I, I forget the whole story, uh, but because it really wasn't that interesting. But the 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 lore essentially the what do you call it? She has some disease, and so he when she dies, he I don't know preserves himself somehow to wait for her return. And so that's kind of implied early on is that maybe that's what it is. And there are, there are mysteries with uh, the other two main girls, um, Karen and Sarah, they are, or Sarah, they are both, uh, or I'm sorry, they're all three, all three of the girls are, are members of the, this island's like three largest families. And the island is cut off entirely from the world, even from Japan. Um, I should also mention this is the late nineties, which I thought was slightly amusing. Um, because I, I, I thought it was weird at first with no technology, but eventually they get into an episode where they go off the island and, um, and uh, there's like non-ironic nineties gyaru culture. And I'm like, Oh, it's 1999. Um, and it totally is. Anyway. Uh, yeah. They're, they're, the, the girls are three of the uh, are heirs to the three largest families on the island and they each kind of have a problem uh, Sarah uh, is a uh, like a shrine maiden or a Miko either way uh-huh. um, and she is like a major conspiracy theorist trying to unravel uh, Setsuna's mystery with him uh, she also thinks she also thinks for you know what I'm not gonna spoil that <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil that uh, so yeah she but she's got a kind of a, a muddied past because her all of her family's dead uh, they died in a fire apparently um, so she's the last of the uh, people who tend to the shrine uh, Karen is part of like another big family and her dad's one of the the more adamant about um, keeping the island secluded and closed because his wife. Uh, who was apparently a brilliant scientist, uh, ran off on him and left the island. Um, and Karen wants to go find her. And Rene is more of a mystery. She's like at, at the point we're at now, she's still a mystery kind of, but okay. One thing I'll go into, like I said, this is sets in a trying to figure out his mystery and trying to kind of solve the mysteries for the other girls as well. He kind of has already for Karen and Sarah, but let me, state of an opinion here those mysteries like the 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 fruition of those mysteries i guess you could say were kind of lame (laughs) no other way to put it kind of karen's was kind of heartfelt and then there's like a kind of a breakneck uh pace change in it and i'm like not sad anymore (laughs) um sarah's was baffling because there's, I feel like there's so many things that could have explained that to her much easier than what she ended up going through. And Rene's just keeps getting more and more confusing. 
Um, at first she thinks he is Setsuna. Um, now, I don't know. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. We're not quite sure. It's very odd. I, I feel like they want me to be very impressed with the mystery in this show. And thus far, I've, it's, I, I'm invested. But every time we get something, I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> it doesn't seem plausible. Um, and I, I feel like that's where mystery kind of falls on its face is when it does that to you. Um, so I can't say I'd recommend it. I really can't. I'm, I'm just going to stick with it because at this point I have to know. And I, <laughs> and I know that if it, it like it, it'll probably be me getting to the end of the season and being like, wow, that was stupid. Uh, but yeah, this feels this feels like a visual novel port and it feels like a visual novel that I'm pretty glad I've never picked up. Um, oh yeah, and, and all the girls are, uh, I want to say like somewhere between 16 to 17. Uh, Sarah just turned 17 in the show and boy does she not look it. They are yeah. straight up lollies. Uh, so take that for what it is. Uh, and the main guy looks like a full grown adult, even though I'm pretty sure he's probably a teenager as well. So, yeah, it's it's OK, but I don't see it panning out uh, and I can't really give it my recommendation. So find another mystery. <laughs> <laughs> for the love of Shoah God, wa- watch Shoah. For the love of God, everybody watch Shoah. There's not a whole lot of mystery to it. There's some, but it's so much better anyway. Just got to keep saying that until my face <laughs> is blue. Anyway. Uh, oh, speaking of mysteries that I'm not really into right now. Sweet. Keep it rolling. Yeah. Seven Senses of the Reunion. Uh, I'm told that this is this is from people who've seen it. And I know I need to watch it. Uh, that this feels like a. Um, I just lost the name of it. Uh, a ripoff or a copy of. Uh, the only thing I can think of now is Hanabato, and that's completely wrong. Uh, you want to describe what you're uh, you're thinking of here? I'm gonna look for it and not find it in my queue. Anohana. Ano. Uh, really? Yeah. People are telling me that, that that's what it feels like. Okay, so essentially, this takes place in an MMO, and it straight up MMO, like VR MMO. This is SAO levels of MMO. Full dive, all that stuff. There's this group of of elementary school children. Um, they're a group of friends in real life, with the exception of one. Uh, and the group is called uh, Subaru. And uh, they get so good at this game that they're like just crushing it. They're the best in the game. No one can even touch them. Everybody wants uh, what do you call it? Them individually for their their uh, abilities. Um, I forget what they're called, but like each. Each character gets like a unique little uh, ability. Um, and especially Asahi. Everybody wants Asahi because Asahi's uh, character can like has a power of prophecy in the game. So she can see what a what a um, an enemy is going to do. You know, very useful. Uh, one thing about this MMO that they, that they tell you right off the bat is that if you die in the game, that's it. You can never play the game again. You are literally done. Your account's done, which they don't explain how people get accounts. They kind of infer that you you just kind of earn it or maybe you win it or something like that. But if this is a paid game, no one would ever play it <laughs> because you're like you'd essentially pay 
for the hardware for the VR hardware and and the game and just lose everything you know early game anyway um so yeah that that's the the whole pretense to it so Subaru uh remember they're all elementary school kids at this point are are going in they're going to they're going to fight the the new boss raid monster um that the the game just put out in an update uh, they fight it and I mean, shock among shocks. Asahi dies in the game. Like, she loses her character. Um, and when Haruto, uh, who, like, just before then, they had gotten together as boyfriend and girlfriend, question mark, we still don't really know. Um, when Haruto goes and runs to her house, Asahi is dead. Literally dead in real life. Um, the... Uh. The developer and the doctors chalk it up to she actually she acts she had heart failure like just hmm. happens it could actually happen in real life you know so yeah. sleep well guys uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah Asahi's dead um, and we skip ahead I believe it's six years yeah six years later uh, and Haruto is in high school and he's left the game and the game actually after the incident. Uh, was shut down for a little bit and then it went through uh, an upgrade like a change yeah. and now it's called Reunion before it was called Union um, and Reunion launches and Haruto's like no screw that shit and he kind of becomes kind of a shut in you know due to his experience which understandable um, what's less explicable is the fact that you know some of the other people from his group were able to still play after uh, witnessing their friend's death but uh, Haruto I forget get the exact reason uh but he he ends up jumping into re oh a friend of his a friend of him his really really needs him to uh, to jump in because he just needs an extra man um for like some stupid quest uh he gets it done uh but while he's in game while he's in reunion he meets up with asahi who is in game uh and she can't log out and no matter how much he tries to, the hardest he tries to tell her that she's dead, she can't accept it because to her, no time has passed. They're still in elementary school, you know. They're still Subaru, and she's you know trying to come to, to grips with the terms that um, uh, that their group has disbanded, that they all hate each other now, or you know for the most part. And so slowly but surely, they're gathering uh, other members of uh subaru kind of i mean they gather one essentially and the other one's an asshole um takanori is an asshole if you're if you're watching and you're wondering who i'm talking about him he sucks <laughs> i'm sure he'll get some kind of thing but right now he sucks um remember this is a first impression um this is another one that's like a mystery that uh Okay, the mystery is keeping me invested in this one. Not like it's not like Island where the the mystery is kind of like, well, that was lame. Uh, I am genuinely interested in what's happening to Asahi and and Haruto and and like the game at large. I'm sure she's like, I don't know. When they reset reunion, her data was still there, and so if she gets to live on in the game. Cool. I'm if that if that's what it is. Cool. If not, whatever. Hopefully, it's not anything stupid. What bugs me about this is remember this is an MMO now Sword Art Online was an MMO but that had life or death consequences if you died you literally died um, and granted there are consequences in this one where you like you lose your account that's hours and hours of playthrough I, I can't tell you like 
you know, back in the day, like playing EverQuest or, you know, when I started World of Warcraft, um, the hours I spent in, if I died and lost everything, I would be furious. But the way people act in game is so, like, cartoonishly ridiculous. Um, like, they would they would make, like, the most hardcore RP players blush in shame because they act like <laughs> villains. Like, you know, like, with grandiose speeches and stuff like that. I'm like, this is an MMO. I, I, I've seen RP players chat and, you know, hats off to those guys because especially you know nothing on on rp players those guys read a shit ton of lore and i don't have time for that so you know good on them but i've never seen an rp player like speak in these ridiculous girly grandiose terms uh that that these uh players in reunion do and every time i see it like because if we were just focusing on the the core characters their shock their you know their their speech and and life or death kind of you know activity type stuff makes sense because they're dealing with a no shit ghost but everyone else they're just playing an mmo like i'm not expecting people to be running around you know like doing baron's chat like those of you who played world of warcraft know what i'm talking about but i'm not expecting that level of chat but i mean some of these people are ridiculously serious and it pulls me out because i remember this is a game (laughs) and it's just like i don't get the same life or death stakes from these characters so why do we care so much about them it just it really bugs me um other than that like the the characters are fine uh i just i I really hope that the 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 story is worth the investment the ending is worth the investment because thus far uh, the little things have been kind of pulling me out i will say real quick though before i wrap this up op and ed are fantastic and the ed weirdly enough reminds me of like ranma one half or like an 80s anime really weird i don't know why but i dig it go check it out (sighs) so yeah seven senses of the reunion it's an interesting mystery but i mean i don't know i guess kind of go into it with tempered expectations there you go there you go yeah it's interesting that people are comparing it to anohana that definitely intrigues me not enough to actually start watching it but definitely intriguing See, I I wish they'd stop because it's making me want to watch Anohana less. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, go watch Anohana. That's um, actually fantastic. The next show is one that I uh, drafted. Um, this one is uh, Haturaku Saibo or Cells at Work. This is an immensely amusing look at the human body. Uh, quite literally. Um. The main character is a red blood cell. Uh, they actually have a name for her? Oh, that's right. She does have a name. AE3803. <laughs> because she's a, she's a cell. Um, she's uh, like right around the first episode, she's like walking around when uh, like I forget what exactly gets in, but like a, some bacteria gets in and she meets up with a white blood cell. Uh, U1146. I'm just going to keep calling him white blood cell. Uh, and through this anime, you know, are the personified or anthropomorphized, if you will, um, uh, parts of your body, uh, cells in your body, to be more specific. Um, what do you call it? Everything from, 
your red blood cells, uh, white blood cells. We've seen platelets thus far. Uh, uh, the different types of T cells in your body. Um, yeah, just all of these different cells in your body that uh, have a function or uh, help to stave off some kind of malady. Like we're seeing every episode. And like real quick, this is also um, got some people behind it. Uh, from the JoJo's universe and it shows because some of it, like some of the action scenes definitely remind me of that. But yeah, it's, it's actually fascinating and funny and at times really cute platelets. I mean, if you haven't seen pictures of them already, they're all over the internet. Adorable. Um, I just kind of a really fun way to do like education (laughs) because I don't think, I'm trying to think now. Yeah, it doesn't get etchy. So I think you could show this in a classroom because every time something happens or every time we see something new, uh, a new malady, like bacteria, virus, whatever, allergens um, or or bodily function, like a person's voice comes up, a you know, very helpful woman in like a giant, not a giant, but like a, a sizable block of, of, of um, subtitles come up and it's very educational. Um, but it's also, like I said, entertaining because, you know, you're seeing these white blood cells mercilessly attack, you know, and fight against, uh, uh, infection or whatever, or (laughs) like, uh, when there's a a cut on, like when you get a cut, you know, your blood eventually, uh, comes out and it clots in the area and you get a scab and stuff like that. And it goes over how that shit happens. It's really fascinating. Um, Apparently, platelets are part of that whole uh, little design. So if you're not, like, a huge biology person, and, like, I took biology classes in high school, but let's be real, I, like, I passed them, but probably barely. I don't really recall um, because I wasn't paying attention because I was a really shitty student. Don't do that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, just, yeah, it's it's if you're interested in that kind of stuff and, like, you're not terribly knowledgeable, or even if you are, like, I'm, I'd love to hear from from – uh, people who work in the medical field uh, about what they think about this show. Like maybe they're like, okay, like, I don't know, just out of the blue. And this is an example I actually know anything about, but like, uh, all right, well the killer T cells or the, you know, what helper, whatever cells wouldn't do this or they wouldn't be this aggressive or it would take this long for them to, I don't know, go into action. I don't know. Anything yeah, like that. I, are that adorable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> under a microscope it's actually just a whole bunch of little lollies in your body Hawaii. <laughs> yeah it's it's great i actually am really uh, excited to to get the manga um because i didn't even know there was a manga um but yeah um if that sounds interesting to you and it, it i don't know maybe i didn't do it justice but it really is just a an amazing show that I look forward to every week. And is I look, it slice of lifey, or is it slice? Episodic, I guess it's episodic. Yeah, and okay. every episode is is uh, not every episode. Some of them are two things. Some of them are one thing. Like I think the allergens episode was just about allergens, uh, which was kind of fascinating. Um, like how your body just kind of essentially does all that stuff to itself by going into overdrive. Um, Great. Yeah. Thanks, body. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 kind of hard to say 
very action oriented or some okay. bits of like some kinds of slice of life, but not really. Don't go into it expecting any like overarching storyline. It's pretty clear that the red blood cell is into the white blood cell, but don't expect that to go anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because the red blood, the white blood cells, pretty much just into murder and things. Um, but hopefully we get to see more of the platelets because again, adorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sad that I I didn't spend a whole lot of time on this, but there's like because I like there's not a whole lot of story to get into. Um, no, it's episodic, but it's so worth it. Go watch it. Tells it work. Okay, uh, <laughs> this one's one that uh, that I drafted as well. But I will have your help on this one. Yes. Uh, I'm watching this one as well. This one is Sukumogami Kashimasu, or We Rent Sukumogami. Uh, it's the story of a brother and sister pair, Seiji and Oko. Uh, they live in Edo era, Japan, where apparently um, the rampant error. Uh-huh. Take two. Take two. The rampant fires in Edo era, uh, Japan, in Edo itself, or Tokyo. Um, is uh are, like it's it's so prevalent that people a lot of people have taken to not owning anything you know for fear of losing everything in one go and so these two own a rental shop that um you know they they'll lend stuff to people or rent stuff out to people so they can use it for uh gatherings or events or stuff like that um but the this uh, shop has uh, a few items in it that are sukumogami, which are um, items that have been cared for uh, for a century or longer um, that have developed spirits of their own. And so uh, each episode is kind of like a little um, storyline of um, the uh, There's the like pair. a client that comes in. Yeah, they have like a problem and... The Sukumogami in their, like, they lend out their Sukumogami in their shop, one or more. And the Sukumogami, by hearing rumors and stuff like that around uh, the client, will get the pair to help out uh, the client in question. Uh, it's almost like a detective show, really. Kind of, yeah. It's like a mystery, pseudo-mystery show. Mm-hmm. But it's episodic yeah. and it's in nature because it's like a client of the week, essentially. <laughs> um, there is an overarching, you know, storyline uh, between uh, Seiji and Oko that they're uh, not blood related, but they were raised as siblings. Um, and a mysterious uh, figure from Oko's past named Suo, who uh, we're continually teased with, but it feels like is just always continually on the horizon. Yeah. Um I will say a very beautiful show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the colors are like, they stand out. It's, I don't know how to put it. It's just, it's a, a very vibrant show. The, the use of color is very striking. Yeah. Um, they definitely like to throw a lot of uh, visuals at you in a uh, pleasant way. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I, I appreciate the most is, is whenever they're transitioning from one scene, not, all the time, but a lot of times when they transition from one scene to the next, uh, they have a uh, an establishing shot, which, you know, you just show where you were or uh, sometimes you show where you were, but all the times you show where where you are now. 
Uh, but in this one, they'll show where you are and then it deconstructs that building and then builds the next building over it in this really kind of awesome way. I, I really appreciated that. Um, yeah, just amazing visually. Um, and the uh, Sukumogami themselves, I I will I actually say I think I like them quite a bit more than the pair because I don't know a whole like like I'm I'm getting kind of I don't want to say sick of but it's grating I mean, to constantly hear about the Suo character that we we're not seeing, which is saying a lot since there's only been two episodes, three, well three. Okay, I've only seen two, but yeah. Um, and the Sukumogami are are actually I really enjoy their characters. Yeah, I they're, think they're pretty good. I think they're I won't say they're all like super fleshed out, but I enjoy their interactions quite a bit. Um, I'm hoping we get more from from the pair than just we sit in our shop. The client comes in. Client tells us our problems. We lend out Sukumogami. We listen to rumors from the Sukumogami, and then we solve it ourselves because at that point it just becomes formulaic. And while that's not bad, I think that would probably hurt a score in my eyes. Yeah, there's there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, I um, mean, there's potential for like more of an overarching story as well. Yeah, or like sure. a a longer client interaction or something. Um, yeah, maybe we'll see people come back because that would be kind of cool. Oh, we have seen a couple. Well, yeah. I mean, but like, I I do like the way they let like one customer will tie into the next by like saying, "Oh, this guy recommended me," and it's like, yeah. "Oh, Seka." <laughs> um, one thing I find kind of odd is the like high level samurai family that that uh, is going to this shop, and I'm like, maybe it's because I don't know a whole lot about Edo Edo era Japan, <laughs> but I mean. I feel like they can afford this stuff on their own without having to rent it. Uh, I feel like they don't come to the shop to rent the stuff, though. Well, the first guy, like, what was his what was his thing? Like, the second uh, guy, yeah, he didn't come to rent the stuff. He had heard that they'd helped out. So, the first guy was brought in by the girl who, because he was, he formulated or uh, fabricated the, the story about the, the missing... Um, oh, mouse, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sukumagami. Uh huh. Um, so yeah, he didn't come in by himself. He was brought there through um, the girl whose name I can't remember, who's in the OP, but hasn't shown up since. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, we'll see. It might just be one of those you know hearsay anime where the people just keep coming in because they hear about the wonders that this. A duo can perform with uh, Sukumagami. Yeah, um, I, I don't mind it. It's it's just I, I hope that there's no. more of an overarching plot than than just client of the week. Yeah, I I'm really enjoying the show. Um, like you said, it looks fantastic, and I love the character designs a lot, especially Oko's. I think she's absolutely adorable. Yeah, she's pretty good looking. Um, my one, I I it's, I can't call it a complaint. But the thing that kind of perplexes me is why they have to be, you know, in quotes, brother and sister. Um, I mean, they were raised that way. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like, I don't know. 
to me, I, I feel like there could be a lot more that they could do with the show if they weren't, you know, related in some way. They could add various, you know, like romantic aspects to kind of add flavor to an episode or something like that. But I feel like they're trying, but it's very one sided. It's very Seiji centric. Yeah. Like yeah. Oko doesn't seem to really care much either way. It's just like, that's my business partner. Well, yeah, she's focused on Suo, whoever that is. She seems to honestly just be focused on, on business because every time Suo is mentioned, it's not really her mentioning it. Or if it is mentioned, she doesn't really want to hear about it. So I'm just like... Mm, that's not true because she takes the deal with the second guy because she wants to find Suo. Oh, that's true. Eh. I mean, uh, these last couple episodes, I don't know. Yeah. We'll it see, does, we'll it doesn't feel it that important. So I'm just kind of getting annoyed by the fact that it, that they're constantly talking about it when I'm like, all right, well, here, yeah. shit or get off the pot. Sh- <laughs> show me Suo or just keep doing your thing. Uh, yeah, not bad. Um, hoping for more, but we'll see. Okay. Um, the next show is a sequel. Uh, I didn't drop this one, but I am watching it. It's Overlord Season 3. I'm very happy that we got this as quickly as we did because it took a while for Overlord Season 2. Um, Overlord Season 3, we are uh, right back in the village that uh, Mo- Momonga originally, or Einzongo, I'm going to call him Momonga, um, that he originally saved when upon venturing out. Um, we are, like, we, we started out in uh, his, like, great tomb of, i think it's like nazarium or however you call it the, the his big tomb area uh but for a substantial part of uh the rest of this anime we have been um in that village uh following oh i can't remember their names <laughs> there's so many characters in this show <laughs> Uh, essentially, the, the the village girl that they that he saved, and um, the it, it's kind of hard because if you if you haven't seen uh, season one in a long time, then you won't really remember these characters because they're both season one characters. Um, uh, one of them was the the alchemist who uh, Ains, um, uh hired to uh, make. Uh, red potions because red potions are really strong um a uh, carne village is what it's called again or carn carn village looks like it's spelled carne uh and essentially we're, we're following this village as um they kind of come to grips with having to live with a, a, like a species outside of their own uh a group of goblins lives live with them and they're actually very nice and very helpful and, you know, sentient and intelligent and all that stuff. Um, and the village has, you know, their uh, their main draw is they, they sell medicines and stuff like that. So these goblins are helping them out with that. Uh, but on the outskirts, they're starting to hear stuff like, oh, there's this uh, giant of the east and the snake of the west are out in these woods and... Uh, they're, you know, coming for the village and stuff like that. And, um, so it's been a lot of following them rather than 
Momonga, which again, if you remember my uh, previous criticism was I wanted them to follow more of him, but they are kind of like uh, sprinkling in him. Like he's more involved in this one. Um, so I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to nail down to what he like, cause it's, it's clear that we're following the village because uh, Momonga either has plans for it or I don't know. Like it, it, like he he's he's got something going on there that hasn't been revealed yet, uh, but it's kind of confusing because I think he just like in one of the most more recent episodes it kind of seems like he attacked it or had a kind of drone attack it, um, but yeah it's it's one of those things that like with Overlord uh, this is kind of the thing we've come to expect where uh, Momonga does something. And then later on, it's clarified why he was doing that thing. Um, so we can look forward to that. Uh, we're not quite there yet. We're only uh, five episodes in. Um, but I will say it's been, I mean, pretty enjoyable uh, for Overlord. Uh, you know, light when it needs to be, because uh, there are, you know, moments of levity in Overlord and tense when it needs to be without being, you know, ridiculously overly dark and gruesome and all that stuff. Um Probably my favorite OP of the season uh, from Myth and Roid. Awesome. Just really gets me hyped up for every episode. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen Overlord season one and two, uh, give them a look. Or, you know, give at least season one a look. Um, it's a different take on the, you know, trapped in a fantasy type setting. Uh, because, you know, the main guy is uh, pretty evil looking even though he's not um <laughs> yeah uh you uh you mentioning the op for that reminded me of the op for we re- we rent sugamagami oh which is really good yeah let's <laughs> go back super on that out of place yeah yeah okay so yeah just real quick backtrack yeah the 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 OP for for Suk- we rent Sukumagama, yeah, it's um like the the visual visuals good, sound good, together don't match. No, it's like it's some kind of like hype song, and then we get into like this slice of life, slow paced mystery esque show. It's very strange. Great music, but very strange. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that just as when he said OP for Overlord, I was like, oh yeah. I need to mention that. So, so if you're if you have, if you're already seeing Overlord season one and two, and you're you know looking to get into season three, I, I won't spoil anything for you. But and I just found her name. We're following Enri again. I mean, we we didn't follow her before. She was just kind of like a saved person, but we're following her more now. And I really like this character because um, she's a human who's got like the whole like used to be weak and stuff like that and is now finding her own strength and stuff like that. So cool character. Uh, and also blonde. Uh, that's for you, Logan. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So go with your overlord. <laughs> uh, the next one is another etchy I'm watching and, and quite enjoying. Uh, if, uh, I don't know, probably at the same level of how not to summon a demon lord. This is, uh, Yuna and the Haunted Hot Springs. Uh, it is, again, an etchy um, that follows... Uh, 
He looks full grown, but apparently he's in high school. His name is Kogarashi, and he is an exorcist um, because he's been able to see uh, spirits his whole life. And a few times in his life, he'd actually been possessed. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so he, he had he trained himself to be an exorcist so he can he can dispel spirits with like just one punch. He just punches them and they ascend to heaven or whatever. Um, and he takes uh, a room at this uh, hot springs because it's super, super cheap. And he's very poor from all the misfortune he's had with uh, spirits in the past. And he comes to find out that the reason it's so cheap is because the room is haunted by Yuna, who is the ghost of a high school girl who died in the hot springs many, many years ago. And so Kogarashi buckles down and, and instead of punching her into heaven or whatever, um, decides that he's going to help her figure out what her unfinished business is so that she can ascend on her own. Uh, after finding out about uh, Yuna in his room, though, it revealed that all the other denizens of the hot springs are some form of yokai. Uh, there's Yaya, who is a uh, possessed by a cat spirit and like is friends with a literal cat god. Um, there is uh, Sagiri, who is, I believe she's actually a, like a yokai slayer herself, like in her own right. Um, one of the characters... Uh, if I remember, it's Nonoko is an actual descendant of Shuten Doji, the great demon of what do you call it? Japanese lore. So she's an Oni herself. A great assassin too. Nonoko? Oh, Shuten Doji. Yeah. No, no, this one would be a berserker. Nonoko would be a berserker for sure. <laughs> she's a drunk and, and uh, likes to hit things. Um, yeah, so he's now kind of uh, Kogarashi is now uh, in this world uh, of the hot springs of, of this haunted hot springs or whatever. And he's, you know, kind of living his day to day life. Um, it's an etchy. It, it is a, a pretty standard etchy, like um, in terms of like every episode is like a couple acts and the acts involve um, Kogarashi having to do something with one of the girls, uh, whether it's helping defeat Yokai with Sagiri or uh, trying to, or I don't know, helping Yaya out with, I don't remember what exactly he helps her out with, but she eventually comes to like him. Um, just kind of like endearing himself to all the girls at this point. And he makes a misstep or, Something happens and Echi ensues. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it is the accidental boob grab type of anime. Except uh, one thing I, I do appreciate is that like every time we get a scene of Kogarashi waking up, we also get a scene of Yuna barely dressed <laughs> because <laughs> she always somehow wanders into his bed while she's sleeping or whatever. So when she wakes up, she's you know very rarely clothed, which I very much appreciate in Echi. Um, yeah, it's it's not going to blow your mind. It's not a, a new take on the etchy genre. It is just etchy, and an etchy comedy at that. Like, there's not really a whole lot of overarching storyline for Kogarashi other than help Yuna eventually. Uh, where I feel like uh, how not to summon a demon lord. At least there's a story that's kind of moving forward. I, I if I. <laughs> 
I do not think at the end of this episode, Yuna will ascend to heaven or go anywhere. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she'll be there till the end. So, yeah. If you like etchy comedy, this is definitely another one. And I'm enjoying it quite a bit, but I'm not sure everybody will. This is the kind of show that I will wait for the Blu-ray of purely because of uh, the censorship. Yeah. Yeah, there's quite a bit of, of uh, at, at least in this one, the the steam makes sense because they're in a hot spring, you know? So I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah, there, there is censorship, so be warned. Okay. Uh, the next show is one that I didn't draft, but I ended up taking because uh, Backstreet Girls was not picked up by anybody. This is Banana Fish, uh, the oddly titled... Um, action drama kind of mystery uh show that's uh on amazon right now um this is an adaptation of a manga that was set in the 80s uh but they have adapted it uh to modern times so you know we see people with smartphones and stuff like that uh what they didn't adapt was new york because new york i I feel like is a lot less violent than it was in the 80s (laughs) Uh, anyway uh so we start off in Banana Fish with uh, Eiji, who is coming to uh, America for the first time uh, with uh, like a family friend um, who is a reporter. The reporter, um, like he brought Eiji along because Eiji was struggling with some kind of funk or whatever. He's like, hey, you know what? Come with me to America. Um <laughs> The thing is, and that's like, that's like, I love that. I'm really loving the show, but that's like that thing. Like here, 18, 19 year old kid who's struggling in college, come with me to gang torn New York, where like his job in New York was literally to photograph a gang in New York in their hideout. <laughs> and I'm like, baffling. Anyway. But, um, yeah, so AJ goes with them and and they they go to this uh, local street gang hideout uh, that's run by a uh, street gang later named Ash, Ash Lynx. Um, Ash is younger than Seiji, but at this point in his life has led a much different life. He is, at this point, probably already a killer multiple times over. Um, Mostly, it seems, through necessity. Whenever he needs to, he doesn't, you know, kill uh, when he doesn't. Um, and he is, his gang is under uh, a mafia boss called Papadino. Uh, <laughs> Papadino is kind of a sick fuck. Um, <laughs> because the way Ash kind of came up in the world of organized crime is he was the victim of child sexual assault. Um, at first, with his baseball coach i believe is what we recently got and then eventually this guy papadino papadino picked him up when he ran away from home and uh so he essentially was abused all the way up until very recently so he's kind of had to make his way in the world uh that way and eventually you know kind of grows up stronger and and finds himself at the head of a gang um where this kind of takes a twist is Ash finds a man dying who gives him 
an address in LA and that's it. And he kind of thinks nothing of it. Um, however, uh, the name of this thing, like banana fish just keeps kind of floating around in the air. And um, it's something that his brother, who's kind of comatose, keeps saying it banana fish is a drug and it's a drug that makes the user it's really weird hallucinate and then become super depressed which is like why would you want that yeah. anyway but like and it it it, it kind of seems more like a poison than a drug i mean it's like obviously the two are one and the same but like it seems like something that you give to somebody to fuck with them to make them because like essentially a lot of people who have taken this this drug have killed themselves um so it seems like something you give to somebody to make their death look like a suicide i don't know uh but this is papadino's drug and he's trying to it's like a new like revolutionary drug he's trying to keep it you know hush hush um but through various means i I don't want to spoil anything um ash comes like not ash himself but you know, Ash does. Ash comes into possession of some banana fish, and they're slowly a him, uh, one member, like a former member of his, well, no, one member of his street game, um, AG, uh, and his friend, and uh, this journalist guy who was Ash's brother's friend in the military, um, are all trying to kind of uncover the mystery of banana fish and kind of get back at Dino by Papadino for all of his, you know, atrocities, not the least of which the sexual assault. Uh, but he's, he's stacking them up as the show goes on. <laughs> it, um, <laughs> it definitely is, uh, a very pretty show for what it is. Um, the gang hideout, uh, looks like an eighties gang hideout. Uh, the, with the graffiti and all that stuff, New York looks like New York. Um, the the character models I actually really enjoy. Like everything about the show um, is very well done. I, I will say that, like like I said, some of the motivations kind of give me pause, and I'm like, really? But um, it makes up. It definitely makes up for that uh, in the plot lines uh, of Ash himself. Ash is, I think, a very well written character, uh, and and a lot of the other characters. Um, yeah, it's it's not it's not going to be for everybody. It's definitely darker. Um, there are a lot of deaths in the show. Some pretty hard to take. Uh, not, I don't know. I definitely. I won't say that they moved me to tears, but some of them was like, Oh no. Um, yeah. So it, it's a, and it's very high, high octane, like not, it's not constant action, but when there's action, there's action. And you're, I'm legitimately on the edge of my seat wondering, Holy crap, who's going to die next. Um, I'm hoping, uh, shorter doesn't die. He's my favorite character. Um, yeah. So it, it, I can't say a whole lot more about it because I don't want to spoil anything. Like even the synopsis I gave was kind of spoilery. But just if that sounds good to you, if like a mystery, like this is this is the mystery I can get behind this season because I'm very invested in this. Um, if that sounds good to you, definitely give it a watch because uh, there are there are a lot 
of uh, great moments in the show thus far already. Um, yeah, uh, banana fish. Uh, don't 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 try and binge this one. I will say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think it'd be a good binge. I think you'd be kind of depressed. Although I will say there are some cliffhangers, so maybe if you can stomach some of the stuff, maybe. But I don't know. You might come away with it a little depressed after a couple episodes. Not terribly, but anyway, yeah. Uh, give it a watch. It's on Amazon, and I think it is worth a watch. Interesting, interesting. Definitely not the show for me. I know that 100%. Um, We have one more show on the list, and that is Hanebado, which was one of my picks. And this is a badminton anime that follows a girl named uh, Ayano Hanasaki, who was a... I guess she was an absolute terror... Um, in badminton in middle school. Um, but due to some family issues, she ended up dropping the sport uh, when she got to high school. And a girl that she thoroughly destroyed in middle school named Nagisa Aragaki attends that high school as well and is like the ace of the badminton club and is like super hardcore in the badminton like and has a kind of terrible attitude um because she was kind of i guess devastated from being just completely annihilated by this girl in this tournament um and uh aragaki notices that ayano is well i guess Ayano and her friend Elena are kind of like going around trying out these clubs. They go to the tennis club because apparently the like tennis ace is super hot and Elena wants to kind of see him and see if uh, joining that club would be interesting. And while they're kind of, you know, just messing around, hitting a tennis ball back and forth, the ace of the tennis club like hits a, an errant shot like super hard. That's going to just nail Elena in the head. Um, and Ayano manages to like acrobatic jump and twist and fling herself across the court to get <laughs> the the tennis ball away from uh, Elena. And that draws the attention of Aragaki and this, <coughs> this uh, <laughs> dude who comes across as like a creepy pervert uh, who turns out to be the badminton coach of the uh, of the school and like begs Ayano to join because he can tell that she somehow can tell that due to the blisters on her hand and the the muscle structure of her body is like a tennis or a, a badminton ace mm-hmm. um, but Ayano refuses to join because of the the trauma that she experienced in the past uh, due to her mom. Um, But she kind of gets dragged into the badminton club anyway by Elena, who wants her to play badminton because she knows how much joy badminton did bring to 
her when she was younger. Um, and so, you know, through various things, uh, Elena joins as the, whoa, what's the term for it? Uh, the club, not, not advisor. Manager. Manager, that's the word. Thank you. The the club manager and I don't know just kind of gets dragged along and is very reluctant to join at first, but as she kind of does practicey things with the uh, the group and talks with the coach and plays against all the other girls, kind of slowly thinks that maybe playing badminton as a team and not as like an individual is something that she might be interested in. And from there, um, at least as far as I've watched, I haven't watched everything. I'm a few episodes behind. Um, they kind of introduce very antagonistic uh, girls from other volleyball school. Or not, God, I'm getting all my sports mixed up. <laughs> um, Badminton bad bad schools. Um, it's <laughs> I never would I have thought that badminton would get an anime, but here we are. Um, but uh, yeah, we get first introduced to a girl named Karuko, who's like, it's like, just she'll do anything to win. We find out that she got like, she had a match in like middle school or maybe it was elementary school against Ayano, um, but she had a cold, so she like tied up Ayano in a storage room and gave her her cold. Um, just so that they could be on even playing field. <laughs> She's an interesting character for sure. Yeah. The first image that we get or the first scene with her is her on a beach walking towards the water. And all of a sudden the water parts and she says, like, I love myself. Yeah. Like <laughs> um, so, yeah, a very eccentric character, but seems like a bit of an asshole. I guess we'll find out more. Maybe. But the real uh, antagonist, at least so far, seems to be a girl named Connie Christensen, who is a blonde transfer student from what Denmark? Or yeah, she's from Denmark. From Denmark, who is like this national prodigy when it comes to badminton, who apparently is mentored by Ayano's mom, who, for some reason, without any explanation seemingly, left Ayano and her family to go teach badminton abroad, apparently. <laughs> um, so, unsurprisingly, the apple doesn't fall far, from, fall far from the tree, and Connie is a real bitch. Just well, in I mean, every way possible. She's not technically part of that tree. That's true. But <laughs> under the teaching tree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to try. No. Nah, there's nothing redeemable about her in if, any way. Like, Hanabato thus far has been an outstanding anime, I will say. Uh, for sure. For, for the ability to take a character uh, who was being bad in one way and kind of redeem them or kind of uh give give like a character clarity like those it's true yeah oh this you know this is so like like you were talking about earlier like um nagisa was such an asshole and 
like her clarity moment, I liked a lot. And I know it's like rekindling of her love for badminton was great. But it's if you'll know that this this show is special if this show can get me to forgive the mom, especially the mom. Like the mom no, is the number one thing, I and am Connie not forgiving that mom. Yeah, like it, I do not care. Yeah, it, it, that's She's what I'm a saying. Piece of trash. It's like there's like child abandonment is my one like no you don't get a pass for it like angelic layer got such a terrible store score for that reason and others but mostly that reason so just yeah if 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 it could like and it's like one in a million but if it could you know this is an amazing show and it's already an amazing show in its own right like i'm really enjoying the show yeah, the animation's fantastic. Um, it has a, definitely kind of a shonen sportsy look to it. Um, if you like, you know, Haikyuu, then I think it has a lot of similarities to that um, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and it's uh, the it's super fluid. The oh yeah, uh, it there's no like stills of them like hitting it. No, they they're constantly moving on that court. And it's so impressive because the animation just doesn't dip, I, no, not yeah. not thus far. Um, the it's uh go ahead the storylines like everything thus far has been clicking for me. Yeah. Yep. I uh, yeah I'm thoroughly enjoying it, but I'm just <laughs> oh man, do I hate some of the characters so much? Which is good, I think. Yeah, you know, it, if it if it elicits emotion out of you, then for sure. Yeah. Because not only, you know, is Connie the girl that, you know, you know, theoretically that Iona's mom left her to go teach Connie. And, you know, there's you see like a picture of Connie with Iona's mom and they're like walking and laughing and she's got like a trophy because she just won some sort of tournament. But her attitude to like her teammates at the school that she's attending yeah, it's just atrocious. Yeah, no, I, I, I had heard some defenses for that, but like the, the, the characters, like her teammates, are like, oh, she's always like this. I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, is that something you put up with in Japan? Is this someone be like the ace being a constant asshole? Yeah, and like the teacher walks in, or not the teacher, the, uh, the other schools, the coach, uh, coach walks yeah. in, and he's like, yeah, I'm not gonna get involved. Like, whatever, dude. You suck. You are the <laughs> you worst. Suck. Yeah, because Connie, you know, she uh, goes now, into like a, a – go ahead. I, I was just going to say like because like, she does – like you were about to say, uh, she, she she goes into this mode where she's like – they're playing doubles and she's like yeah. – she tells her partner, don't touch the, the shuttle. Like don't hit it, nothing. It's like she won't play if that other person plays. She wants to play solo in a duos game. And the coach is just like, meh. And like – for, like one of the defenses I heard was like, "Oh, the coach knew that she was going to be taught her lesson in this game." I'm like, "Really?" Because that doesn't feel like it. It feels like this is just what he does, and it's like if that's what he was banking on, then he's a weak ass coach. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, <laughs> there's certainly you know two sides of coaching in this anime. And there's one that I definitely agree with more. Kentaro is a is, is a good coach. I really like him. Yeah, he reminds yeah, me of of like a, a toned down Ikichi Onizuka from Great Teacher Onizuka. <laughs> he certainly looks the part. Just too. slightly toned down, though. Yeah, 
<laughs> um but yeah like if you like sports anime if you enjoyed haikyuu if you enjoyed um i don't know like baby steps or stuff like that um i think this one is absolutely worth a look you know you know what thinking about it now i think if there was one show that i would recommend from this season thus far it'd be this one because i like yeah. i love review starlight quite a bit but the fact that it's able to elicit like that kind of emotion like even if the emotion is god i fucking hate that person i can't wait till they get put in their place like that means it's doing something you know it's it's Mm -hmm. they're telling a compelling story yeah for sure i just feel like the i come out of review starlight way more pumped than i do coming out of an episode of hanibato like this show definitely gets me mad and angry Um, i don't know the, the matches get me pumped they they do yeah and i get like i'm it's one of those things like where if a sports anime can do this like uh harakano received kind of can do this but if a sports anime has got me like being like man i hope they win like and they don't telegraph like which one's going to be the winner like a little early like in the the show when they were like saying oh she's so good blah 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 you're like okay well she's clearly going to win but yeah. In more recent episodes, especially this last episode, man, I was just like, like when you it's like when you're watching, you know, actual sports and you're just like kind of like biting your nails just like with every time they they drop it or you know, every time they, they get a score, you're like, mm, yeah, you know, like you're just excited for that person. So yeah. I think that's what it's doing well for me, is that I'm actually really excited every time I watch a match. Now, yeah, the characters, yeah. yeah. I'm a little angry when I come out of an episode and it's like, Connie said something dickish or... Yeah. Um, you really do need to catch up, though, because the, the latest episode ended on a on a pretty big cliffhanger. You should definitely watch Haikyuu. I know... I'm, I, was, I started it. I was like three or four episodes in and then school started, so... Yeah, yeah, because I, I feel like the ramp up is definitely way slower than in Hanibato. Hanibato just kind of like goes pedal to the metal and goes right into the, uh, yeah, the the good stuff. But uh, yeah, I think I feel like you would really actually enjoy Haikyuu. So, um, yeah, this one's definitely worth a look. It's it's really good. So, it gets a recommendation from me at the halfway point of the season. Yeah, well. Halfway point for most shows. I'm not sure if this one's for at halfway. Oh, yeah, Hanabato just te- got to episode six. So yeah, technically halfway. Yeah. Yeah. That's our uh that's our first impressions. That is it. Minus minus a couple shows. Um interesting season thus far. <laughs> yeah. I like shows that I didn't expect to really like, I'm really liking, and shows that uh, I'm sorry. Shows that I I wasn't sure if I was going to really like. I'm really liking, or or didn't expect to like. I'm really liking, and then shows that I expected to very much like. I'm like, ah, this is kind of eh. So we'll see. We'll see where it, where it goes from here. I mean, this is the halfway point, so it's not that like like six months will pass by, or six months, yeah, six months, six yeah. six weeks will pass by in a flash, um, and we'll be doing the the reviews of these pretty soon on our way into uh in our on our way into fall good lord oh my god time slow down please yeah seriously breathe uh, uh but uh we definitely like to know what you guys think 
uh, of the season thus far. Um, especially how right we are. We like that. Yes, always. <laughs> now, or, or, you know, what you disagree with. I, I definitely, I, I find that I enjoy the comments where people tell me like, oh, you missed this part. And I'm like, oh, that's what that was. Because uh, I will admit that I am a thick uh, headed guy sometimes and I uh-huh. miss stuff. So, uh-huh. uh, and we do have the um, uh, b- 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 seasonal spoiler discussion up in the Discord, uh, which I have actually been contributing to this time around because uh, <laughs> I'm not in finals, so I'm not panicking. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, Me as well. But uh, we do, again, we do remember the podcast questions. I promise we remember the podcast question. Next podcast, we are going to tackle just the questions. Unless yes. something comes up. Unless, I don't know, Crunchyroll sells all its stock to Russia and then we have a podcast to talk about. Well, what kind of censorship can we look forward to? Or, I don't know, something like that. Something like big and newsworthy. But, I don't know, maybe we'll just roll it in. Putin, <laughs> please don't do, please don't take an interest in anime. Uh, yeah now it's a political podcast now we can get complaints about that anyway uh but yeah so so that's our uh our seasonal uh discussion uh let us know what you think um and logan i'll let you tell them how to find how to contact us yeah if you would like to get a hold of us you can find us on our various social medias we are on twitter at anime underscore arcade we are on facebook at facebook.com slash anime arcade we are on Instagram at the underscore anime underscore arcade. We have an email. You can email us at mail.animearcade at gmail.com. Our website is animearcade.net. And hit us up on any of those and we'll get you an invite to our Discord where we do have our seasonal anime discussion threads as well as uh, like gaming channels, uh, you know, Conclay, League of Legends, PUBG. You can join us in Idle Hell. Um, we have our group watch, which we will be finishing up, uh, Love Lab this weekend, or I guess we, at, by the time this is out, we have finished Love Lab and we are voting on our next show. So get in there, uh, submit a show, vote for what you want to watch. And we are also doing fantasy football. If you would like to join in, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook, on anything like that. If you would like to join in in those festivities once we have a good number of people we'll figure out the day that we're going to draft and we'll go from there but with all of that said thank you all for listening and we will get to your questions later see you guys next time peace